Alright guys, welcome to Jack of All Trades. We're doing a two-part series this week. Last podcast, we did a preview of the fight. And today, we're going to talk about the recap and the experience of the event that we witnessed at the Leocora Center. Farmer versus Carol and all the undercards that were there. Overall, in my view, I thought it was a great event. A lot of great fights. All the fights lived up and if not surpassed my expectations. But let's talk a little bit about the show, the promoters, how it all started, and everything so far. The experience was like no other, like you mentioned. It was starting from the main card on the way down. Um, the the, pre- the uh, presenter was Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Boxing USA. And he also had, it was presented by DAZN, which is internationally based. As well as uh, Lou DiBella Entertainment and Russell Peltz. And JD Promotions. Sports, JDSports.com. Absolutely. And also Sky Sports, which is big in the UK. Their home base is based in the UK, but it's becoming, is expanding nationwide and uh, abroad. So. so yeah, primarily, Thomas, um, this event was a foreign event in the sense that it was mostly run by UK-based organizations, including the Zone, Sky Sports, and uh, Matchroom Boxing, right. which is run by Eddie Hearn. And the mastermind behind all of this was Eddie Hearn specifically. A lot of familiar personalities as well. Uh, I forgot to mention as well. Absolutely. Um, you had LZ Granderson. He did the live cuttings during the sh- uh, during the b- boxing matches throughout the undercards in the. And what is he known card. for? He, he he does Sports Nation. He used to do Sports Nation. Now he does stuff with CNN, ABC. Um, he still he still does ESPN Radio based in LA. He does tennis matches and stuff like that. You also had Chris Mannix who does NBA reporting for Yahoo Sports. Fills in for Dan Patrick. There was another familiar face who uh, I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but I'll get back to you on that. But time. in general, yeah, I mean, besides just having a great event and a great setup, when you walked in, we, we were sitting ringside, so we had a really good um, just vantage point of the fight and the pre-event you know, event stuff prior to the fights. But in general, the ring, very nice. They had all the advertisements, the, the names of the broadcasting, the promoters. Um, the zone really pulled out all the stops for this event. They had all the ringside girls, um, some of my favorites. Um, in general, they had food. They had just a whole bunch of celebrities as well, athletes, athletes uh, former boxers. They had Sugar, Sugar Ray. Ray Leonard there, um, as well as, um, in that order, in that our, boy, order. <laughs> our boy Corey Spinks, right. the son of Leon Spinks. Right. Um, but in general, even, even prior to the fights, you just felt like you were in an atmosphere that was ready for boxing That's and true. a city that welcomed boxing once again. Like we recapped last time, it was the first time in 16 years a title fight of a Philadelphian is back in the city of Philadelphia. And Matchroom made sure that we let, they let everyone know about it. Philly really turned out. In the beginning, it started out slow. Obviously, you know, it all started at 5 o'clock, so it's a long day. And everyone wanted to watch the, the big fights. But there was not one single fight that was not big. No question. What did you think about the fights well, to start off, Thomas? Well, we show... They sh- we show uh, through the- all these different matches. It showed the business acumen of Eddie Hearn, the great promoter that he is. He matched up fighters very well. Very so, well. You know, fighters that even boxing aficionados and and someone like myself who I consider to have a good knowledge of, of boxing, but also as a fan, there were some guys that I didn't know about. But Eddie Hearn really put it all together really nicely. I mean, he pulled out people who he saw something in. He's a visionary, clearly. So tell me about one of his visionary fighters in specifically Raymond Ford, the guy out of Kandem. No question. Uh, I've noticed uh, I've noticed this trend where 
these Camden fires. You also have the kid, uh, Shakur Stevenson. Yeah, and big time fighter. And now you're seeing Raymond Ford. Just the body build in this kid was. He remarkable. reminded me a lot of, of uh, Stevenson. Yeah, and he's uh, he's probably gonna be. Uh, uh, he's a 2020 hopeful for Tokyo the Olympics, and yeah, Philadelphia really came out for the, all these different fights. It, for specifically in the Ford fight, that was his pro debut. He went up against uh, Waysu Johnson, who you know he had a three and ten record, not a great opposition. Right. But in his first fight, he came out, and in the beginning couple rounds, it was a four round uh, bout. He seemed a little nervous. Clearly, was his first match, but he delivered. You, you, you thought Raymond was Raymond was seemed nervous. yeah, he was a little nervous. He started off slow, but in the later rounds, he no, started I mean, picking he had up. A knockout in the first round, though. Knocked down. Knocked down. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, he did. But at the same time, he was going slow. He was with his combos. He was stationary on his feet. Not a lot of quick movement. But in the later rounds, two, three, and four, I don't know what went on in the in between one and two with the corners at the coaches. But they woke him up, and, and I think his nerves calmed down, and he really woke up. No question. He came out like an animal in a cage. No question. He was, he was an animal in there. He really showed Wei Su Johnson who the boss was. So the interesting part of this all was also that during the Wednesday press conference where all the uh, fighters were together and, you know, Eddie Hearn was promoting the fight. He, he realized throughout, during the press conference that, oh, wait, I have three Olympic gold medalists here. And so that was the interesting part of it all. And that shows that he didn't even realize that he had three Olympic gold medalists until, until afterwards. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, really just looking at it and being at the fight, I honestly thought that from top to bottom, the whole card was stacked. Right. You know, you had the Raymond Ford. Even before you had Demetrius Ballard, who really showed off his talents and just capitalized on his opponent. It really wasn't even a competition, but it was still a good fight. His competition did put up resiliency and a fight, nonetheless. But the fight that really started it off in the night, I thought, was the Avery uh, Sparrow-Hank Lundy one. One that had a lot of hype coming into. And, you know, I expected more from Lundy. He didn't deliver. He went down two times in the first round. One of them maybe was a slip of his glove hit the ground. That's automatically a knockdown. So I'll give him that. But I thought he could have done better. You know, I had a lot of hopes for Lundy. Absolutely. But Sparrow delivered on his talk. I was, I, to be honest, I was quite surprised. I mean, it showed the youth that, you know, youth, you know, these youth boxers, that could, you know, they could take these young, young, the old experienced boxers to the long haul. I expected more from Lundy. I assumed, you know, I assumed by the way he was talking that, you know, it wasn't going to be a competition for Right. Him. But you know what I found surprising was, all right, for example, in the beginning rounds, uh, Sparrow was dominating. Dominating. Completely dominating. Lundy, yeah, he had off some punches and stuff and combos. But he just wasn't quick enough on his feet and wasn't dodging well. Right. But later in the rounds, which, which, which really shocked me, was that Lundy was prepared to go the distance. He had the stamina in him. Sparrow was the one slowing down at the end. And you could see the shift in the beginning. Sparrow dominated. He had the two knockdowns. And then later on, as the fight went on, Lundy started he dominating. Was down a little bit. Sparrow yeah, was slowing true. down a little bit. True. And Lundy started dominating in the later rounds, but unfortunately could not score any knockdowns, right. and that's what did it in for him. Right. right. So I, th- I think the biggest problem was with Lundy, he was playing more of a defensive type of game. Yes. And I felt like someone who's that, he's not old, but he's 35 years old, going against, he's a, experienced. Young, going against a young buck, you got, you got to dominate the first two rounds. Knock him down the first two rounds. And that's every Sparrow. I believe every Sparrow used his game plan against himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and Lundy said after the game plan didn't go as planned, 
I had to switch up and I just wasn't ready for a backup plan. And you could see it because it was clear that Lundy had to reevaluate his situation and he just wasn't ready to deliver. But at the end of the day, Philly versus Philly, the young buck came out and he dominated. Going on to the later fights, you know, there was another one with um, Danny R from Kazakhstan who was 5-0, and um, three knockouts, and also a gold medalist. He went up against Silverio Ortiz. That one, honestly, it was just a domination by Danny R. He had the Kazakhstan's fan base all out in Philadelphia, which was shocking. Um, they really felt like a home field advantage for him. But what did you think about the way he was throwing he was, out there? He was brutal. He was just brutal against his opponent. Um, he, there was one part, There was one point, I think, during the match where there was an injury timeout. During the, yeah, so Vario went down from a hit from Danny R in the head. Twice. Twice, actually. And so I was surprised how quickly he... I, I thought he was just going to forfeit the fight. I think he, the ref should have stopped it because it was a dangerous... Uh, he grabbed his back of the head twice. That, and that's a conversation for a different day about how, you know, this is that, that's that's your life, right? It's not. I don't think it's worth your life to continue this, you know. It's an undercard, you know, matchup. I, it's, I don't think it's worth your, you know, worth your life to do it. I agree. I mean, I thought Silverio Ortiz was just outboxed from start to end. Daniel just showed his his youth. But he was com- He was coming back at the end, though. I think the last last two or three rounds, he showed he showed his, you know. Show what he really is made of, but it was, it was no it was no match for him though. Yeah, but in the last two rounds, Silverio Ortiz really picked up. He started throwing a little bit more steam, and kind of kind of shocked a little bit to Daniar. But at the end, it was a decision that was all in favor for Daniar unanimously, and there was no opposition towards that. Um, moving on to the next fight, one that I expected more from, but it was just a domination from one side, Luke Campbell. Uh, the Englishman went on against the Mexican from Sinaloa, Adrian Young. What did you see in that fight? That man, during the way in, that man was he scared the hell out of me. Bro. Young, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that was scary ass dude. Um, but yeah, so Luke Campbell, interesting fighter. Won the won the gold medal, like you said. I was crowned MVP by the Queen of England. Whenever you in crowned, English boxing, yes. yeah. Whenever you crown that, anything by the Queen of England is a big deal. Luke Campbell showed. Just he threw some real hits against. He also Young. had great combinations, though. He, you know, he was very quick, quicker than I expected on his hands. Right, right. Just one after the other, one after the other. Just never, never stood his ground. Stay relentless. There was a point early in the rounds where Young actually started bleeding from the side of his head and underneath the eye. Yeah. Um, just Young. I mean, I, I didn't see anything from Young. I expected more, but Campbell was putting on a show. It was a clinic in there. Right. And he was just taking him to the grave. Took him to the grave. This this was just another match. This was also another of the matches where the referees had to get in the way because Young just kept on. That's true. They did stop it. Yeah. They, just, they so, did stop it. Yeah. Moving on to probably one of the best fights it was the Polish man Sulaki against Gabe Rosado, the King of Philadelphia, one of the most loved fighters here in Philadelphia. What did you see in that fight? Lucky. <laughs> That he he's a tank himself. I called that from the beginning, right? Right. I I, I had low expectations. I didn't really have low expectations, but I didn't, I didn't see him coming out like this. Look to give you a preview. Gabe Rosado has lost six of his last eleven fights. He's thirty three years old, having a declining career. This was the fight for him to revitalize his career, and the winner of this fight would go on to fight Demetrius Andrade, the middleweight champion of the world. Who was there actually? Who was actually there in, in the game. you know, watching the match and and 
kind of preparing for the next opponent. But um, in the first rounds, Gabe was getting destroyed. Anything that Gabe threw at Suleki, I mean, the man's neck didn't even, his head didn't even move. It just bounced. It was like he was throwing pillows. It was a pillow fight from Rosano. Zuleki also stood his ground. And what was smart with him, since Gabe has a long reach, he stood in and closed the box. He stayed very close to his fighter, I mean, to the opposition, to uh, Rosado, and didn't allow Rosado to throw those heavy clubbing punches that he's yeah. known for. Yeah. So Zuleki was smart. He did his research. Um, I think, what, Rosado went down twice in the first round. Twice, actually, yeah. I mean, you could see in his face the first time he went down, he got no, up. Actually, it was one. I think it was one, one and one. Yeah, one and one. one. Yeah, one round, one, one round. Yeah. Either way, the first knockdown you saw in his face, he just did not expect it from Suleki. He was smiling. He and was I, smiling, he but was also taunting his opponent. Where in the first like seven rounds, I was like, "Come on, man, you haven't done nothing." And he came out. He came out and showed out. Yeah, but that's true. Like, in the beginning, even before Gabe started showing out. He started taunting his opponent for like, why are you doing that? You're losing. You haven't. He hasn't won a single round up until the seventh round. Right. Pro- after that, what did you see from Rosado? Rosado after it was around round eight, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. One knock. He had one knockout. Knockdown. Knockdown. Yeah. Keep on saying knockdown. Knockout. Yeah. Um, lucky. And I, I but threw and threw it out. The round eight. It was round eight. Round ten. He's, he didn't seem bothered, but you could tell that Shlucky was. You know, I was getting to his head a little bit. You know, he felt affected by by a little bit, but it was a rocky situation in the end. Yeah. Honestly, Rosado was getting destroyed, and then after the eighth round, he started picking up, got a couple knockdowns against Suleki, and he had the whole the whole crowd. I mean, I think they said over three thousand tickets were sold. The place turned out. Yeah. Philly turned out for their fans, for their for their, for was, their fighters. It was basically a main card fight, to be honest. It was. It had the feel of it. Yeah. And Rosado gave it gave it his all at the end. And if he had one more knockdown, I think with the home favorite, they would have gave it to Rosado right. for that comeback. It was very impressive. But unfortunately, he couldn't pull it out. Suleki is the champion. And he would move on now to fight Andrade, which Hearns will later on talk about and disclose the information for that next fight. Going on to one of the next fights and one of the best fights, I thought, also. Katie Taylor, Irish-born, multi, multi-dimensional fighter. Many gold medals as well. I mean, very quiet girl. She didn't talk a lot of talk, you know, a lot of... just both uh, Yeah, both. But her, notoriously, she's not known for that, but she delivers in, in, the, in the ring. Yeah. I mean, it's all action, no talk. And Volante, the... the the title holder at that time from Brazil, WBO title holder. Both undefeated, by the way. Both undefeated, so somebody zero had to go. Yeah, that's true. Um, she was tough. I mean, she was scary, too. And she was built, ripped. She went out there just with a desire in her eyes to win. You could tell. What happened in that fight? Katie Taylor had um, one knockdown in the first round. It stunned Volante. Stunned. She stunned. did not expect that. Yeah. But also, Volante's never fought anyone up to that caliber. I think personally, um, Katie Taylor, she's fought a couple people, but also Eddie, Volante was her biggest test. Even Eddie Hearn, after the uh, post game, not the post game, but the press conference, he was like, "She could fight. A, she could fight a man. Like she's that talented. She you really know? is. She, uh, the way that she just conducts herself in the ring, even outside the ring, is just a." One of those true champions that you just don't see often in the boxing game. And I said while I was watching her fight, she reminds me a lot of Morgan Hagler. Mm. And when ironically enough, she said after in the press conference that somebody asked her, 
who does she idolize and, and mimic her, her style of fighting towards? And she said, Oscar De La Hoya and Morgan Hagler. And you could really see it. She closed the box, stayed close. A lot of headshots, then a couple body shots. She switches up. No very fast hands. And she just doesn't allow you to even pick your hands up to defend or to throw a counter punch. Yeah, Volante's team was stunned. Absolutely stunned. Especially- I mean, I think they called the match, right? They they called the match. Actually, later on, we found out Volante broke her nose. nose. Um, I mean, it was a bloodbath in there, though. No Volante was getting beat. Her face blew up. It was just bad. But she put up a fight, nonetheless. Gotta give it to her. Absolutely. And then going on to the main event, the biggest fight of all the fights, the one everybody in Philadelphia and around the boxing community was waiting for, Tevin Farmer, the hometown favorite, going up against Joan O'Carroll on St. Patrick's Day. What happened in that fight? And what did you like? I think this lived up to all the expectations. And more. And, and more. more. With, you know, with the little twist back they had back and forth, to the press conference, to the, to the live weigh-ins. This lived up to all the expectations. Tevin Farmer... Proved himself again to be the world title holder, and but you know so much more. Is you saw the tactician of how great of a fire. There was a conversation um, in the media around where the media sits about where we were. Yeah, yeah, where we were about how Tevin Farmer, if he had like a better manager early on in his career, he would be undefeated. Yeah, I agree. To be, you know, to be honest, those four losses were very iffy. I would put it that way. Yeah. I don't know about that. But going to the fight that happened, um, in the beginning rounds, wow, Tevin Farmer just came out like swinging. like swinging, really. I mean, honestly, I've never seen anyone fight like that. I was beyond impressed. I just didn't expect that from Tevin Farmer. He looked out there like he was untouchable. He did not get hit. He dodged everything. True. His head movement, the, the way he bobbed from left to right was just impressive. Was I mean, I, he really was. He was like taunting him in, in, in a sense. It was... It was a clinic out there, but at the end of the day, too, besides defensively just showing out, I've never seen so hands that quick. I mean, his combinations were like he was hitting a speed bag. Jono Carroll's head was a speed bag. He was just destroying it. At one point after a couple rounds, I think third or fourth, he knocked Jono's tooth out. We saw it fly. Twice, yeah. Fly, yeah. We saw it fly into the media section where we were. I would have jumped up and caught it. (laughs) But no, for real. Like... His hands were so fast. Jono didn't have any counter. He just didn't expect it. And I saw him talking to his coaches um, early in the four, you know, mid-fourth going into the fifth. And you could see the, the stun on his face. Yeah. Like they were changing the game plan. Like he wasn't ready for this. Right. What did you think? He, he start, he, I think he started picking up around round four, round five. When they had that talk right. to switch the game plan. Because right, they right. knew they lost that game plan. What they had going in mind did not work out. And see, that's a problem. We always, I feel like, stick to your game plan. Adjust, adjust your game plan, but you, there's no reason for you to change your game no, plan. No, you have to be adaptive, but not change it to an entirety. Exactly. Because if you have plan A stuck in your head, and you prepared plan A so well, and you don't have a plan B, right. you prepared, then you're at a you loss. You for this fight for how many months now, right? For about one or two months, right? Probably more, yeah. Yeah, probably more. So, you knew... I think you should have looked at the inaccuracies of Tevin Farmer, which you could attack, because Tevin Farmer is quite beat. I mean, being up, because he's fought three matches in the past four or four, five, four, months, four or five yeah. months. All title defenses, and so three. I, I would have 28 at, years old. Yeah. 37 have, matches in his pro debut. Sure. I would have looked at tape of Tevin Farmer, what he... The different inaccuracies, 
that you can match against him. And looking at it from the outside, you know, it's a completely different animal when you're in the ring. You're not thinking of these things. Mm. But looking at it from the outside as a just a media member looking at both, I could see the inconsistencies in Tevin Farmer's game in that match was when he dropped his hands too low. He would put his hands, both of them, near his belly button. And he would do it. He would put his right arm down when he was ready to punch. Right. And that couple seconds that he keeps his arm down is an open shot that somebody has I to take. Like, but I felt like he was doing that purposely. Yeah, but I mean, I, we don't know. But Right. We don't know, but it's just, you know, my opinion. I feel like he just did that purposely to see if what he was going to do. Even, even during the press conference, he was like, he wasn't attacking me at all. You know, he wasn't giving me nothing. So I just kept on giving it, hitting him with body shots, hitting him down low. Still, still there was nothing. Now, so. I have to give it. There was no knockdowns. Yeah. And I do have to give it to Joan O'Carroll, though. He really came out and exceeded expectations. I don't think Joan O'Carroll lost this match. I just think Tevin Farmer won it. Just was a better man. He just, look, if Joan O'Carroll fought anyone else the way he went out and fighting, he would have won every match. He'd no still question. be undefeated. No but Tevin Farmer is a different animal out there. He's just way beyond talented. Not saying Jono isn't, but the resiliency that Jono had out there, he was getting beat. But he still threw a good amount of percentage. He just didn't throw enough and as other, Tevin Farmer. And the other thing is, Tevin Farmer is a veteran. Although he's, you know... 28, two year difference. Young, yeah, he's young. 20 fight difference, though. Right, right, right. He's young. He, start, he, he said he started boxing when he was 19. So he, he's only been boxing for nine years. And Jono Carroll... This is his first loss, but this was his biggest match. First match in the U.S. So Jono said, too, that this this beyond anything was his biggest match. He learned a lot from it. And I think it's just going to make him a better fighter. He won't make the same mistakes that he No, but I, I, do, I do think Jono had a great match. And I have to give it to him because Tevin was winning with the home crowd also just dominating out there. True. Tevin was throwing those quick punches, quick on his feet, side shuffling. I mean, he just couldn't get touched. Philly. But Jono still kept trying, no matter what. No question. Philly, Philly and I think... And I think day, Philly respected it. And, yeah, no question about that. And the Irish community came out. Oh, wow. Since, from Katie Taylor to the next fight to... Yeah, they, they were all out there. It was amazing. But I think the day, Philadelphia, like I know, Philadelphia. Philadelphia always turns out. They yeah. turn up and come out, bro. And, no, at the end of the day, I hope they return. Because one thing I did like, matchroom boxing. Oh, my God. Amazing people, amazing company. You got new friends. Eddie Hearn, super nice guy. But at the end of the day, matchroom boxing has been spectacular around here. No question. The whole week leading up to the fight, the fight, the event, everything about them, they just put every, they pulled every string to make this so special for Philadelphia. The media members, the fans, the boxers, the teams, everyone. It was all, everything was conducted with respect, humility. Just every single person who was incorporated with matchroom boxing to zone every person who will play a factor in this you know match all these different matches true from you know, top to bottom michael buffer sugar ray leonard the ring girls the slid in the dms you know uh, <laughs> david diamante everybody you know they were just all amazing the fighters the teams were all great um it was overall an experience that i recommend that everyone tries to get one day because whether you go as a fan or you apply and try to get in as media or whatever it may be it's an event and a, spe- and a spectacle that you will never want to miss. No question about This fight lived beyond all expectations. And at the end of the day, congratulations to Tevin Farmer reclaiming his title. To Katie Taylor, one, one championship away from being the unified champion in her division. And all the other fighters who won and lost. No question. Everybody put out a great show. And 
I thought it was a great time. I, I totally agree with you. It was a great show, showing with all these different boxers. They made a name for themselves, to say the least. Um, Tevin Farmer will go out and fight one of these big names that still, you know, the Anthony Joshua's of the world. He's Terrence Crawford's of the world, and so forth. So, Tevin Farmer just made a name for himself. Although he, I believe, he already made a name for himself. His I think legacy, he just made it bigger. His legacy is still not solidified yet, and so. Very true. He still he still has to prove himself. Well, at the end of the day, we had a great time out there. The fights were amazing, and we hope you can catch the next one. This is Jack of All Trades. Thank you for tuning in. And catch us on all streaming platforms, social media. And make sure to look me up on www.sebastianjmilo.com if you want to see the written report about this fight and the recap. I'm Thomas Minnesota. I'm Sebastian Milo. And so long. See you all later. We got to shut the hell up. We're out. (laughs) Peace.